Zero Vault. Rob Halford from Judas Priest is on the line. Doing fine, Larry. What a fabulous segue. Joan Jett. It's nice to be here. Opens now. Hello, Ross. Hey, what's up, Mr. Halford? How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, buddy. I hear your <laughs> Chiefs. I hear your Chiefs won. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you watch the game at all? Hey, there you are. Uh, no, I'm I'm in England. I'm in England, and so there was a, there was a massive time difference, and I tried to stay up as late as I could. But I'm an old man, so once ah. I've had my hot chocolate, I go straight to bed. But congratulations, buddy! I know I love I do love the NFL, and I've watched the NFL right up until the Super Bowl. But I had to come over here for rehearsals, so I've been kind of catching up on clips here and there. And the fact that it went to overtime just shows you how how well both teams. Played, but I'm so stoked for the guys, the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs to get a, a to get two. Now they're going for the three peat. How right. great is that? Wonderful. It's great. And they're bad guys now. You know, a couple of years ago they were like the media darlings, and now they're the bad guys. I love it. That's it. It's, it's the way. That's the way the world turns, isn't it? Everybody's kind of rooting for you, and then when they get there, they go, they stop flipping you off. Like, Dude, you suck. <laughs> You're so great. You're so great. You suck. That's <laughs> great. That's that's uh, the human nature right there, baby. It sure is, absolutely. Hey, well, thanks for the time this morning. Um, before we dig into the music, I want to, first of all, take three things to thank you about. First of all, your book, Confess, your, your open and your honesty in that book was amazing. And then the fact that you read it for Audible, that was so cool to sit there and listen to you read your stories. It was, it was an awesome time, man. I am. I really appreciate that. That those are really kind words. That's very generous of you. And I had a blast putting that putting that book together with my good friend Ian Gittings. He's the boss with all the you know fingers on the on the keyboards type of deal. But uh, it, it it was a it was a great opportunity. I'd been asked time and time again do an autobiography, and I said no, man. The time isn't right. I wanted to get some more of more of of life into my life, you know. So when we had the opportunity. Um, yeah, we, we we got the book completed, and then the, the publishers Hachette said, "Do you, do you have any idea who you want to to read the book?" And I have so many friends in the business, you know, the, the list was just endless. But the more I thought about it, was you know, the book is I hope from the heart. It's about as real as I can be. So it just made sense for this voice to be attached to the words and. Uh, and so that came about in that in that manner. So it it, it kind of made made the whole thing. It, it kept it in the the reality of of the message was was in the good place. But I appreciate you um, uh, mentioning confess. It uh, it was a it was a really good thing to get in, in completed in my life. I've always wondered, like someone who who wrote the book, does it take a long time for you to read it, or is it easy for you to, to when you when you recorded the audible part? Um. The Audible was uh, kind of interesting because I, I am a reader, but it's, it's so different to actually speak the words as you read them because you have to convey the emotions of the messages in, in every line would have to be. And, and because I'm a singer, you know, I'm used to getting behind the mic, but not, not, in, this, not in this kind of perspective. But um, I had a wonderful producer at the studio and um, he encouraged me to um, – to uh, you know, take time, take breathing, you know, get the phrasing correctly, and all this kind of stuff, much like you do as a singer. Um, it was quite challenging. I tell you, man, it, some of the dark stuff was really difficult to speak out. 
you know, to speak out some of those those uh, really challenging parts of, of my life. But I was able to do it because yeah. it was a team. I think, you know, um, as long as I've lived, I, I appreciate the value that where, wherever you get to in life, it's never really just by yourself. It's with a team. It's with people that support you, people that love you, people that encourage you. So that's what I experienced uh, doing the audio for Confess. And then take that out into everything that we love about Judas Priest. It's all of that right there, you know. To get this band on the stage again when we come through uh, to see you to see you guys once more, it takes it takes you know an enormous amount of effort from a lot of people that you don't even see. You know, they're all very talented, professional people that really keep the whole thing um, uh, keep thing rolling. So, yeah, that's not lost on me. That's not Great. lost on me. I got to where I am because of other people. That's good, man. Yeah, that's story about you scaring Donnie and Marie with a whip. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? Is this really you scared Donnie and Marie? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah, Marie was in a curler's. <laughs> at the music at the music show at the BBC, and somebody said, Mar- "Marie doesn't want you to use your whip." I'm, what? Where's Marie's dressing room? You know, I go, bang, bang, bang. Who is it? It's Rob. Can I come in? Yes, Rob. So I'm going in. Marie's doing the hair and the curlers. I said, "Marie, what's this thing about the whip?" Well, I don't think you should. I'm like, look, look. You know, I love you. I love the Osmonds. Let's just say, fucking great. I swore, but it's important because the Osmonds are great, and. um and she said, well, I, I just, you know, and I, I said, look, this is this is what the show is about. You've got Judas Priest, and then you've got Marie Osmond. How, how crazy is that? People expect the whip, you know. People expect all the craziness and rock and roll. But, uh, yeah, that was a cherished memory, Marie. And I've never – I haven't seen her since then. I, I hope at one point I – I hope at one point I see her, Ross, you know. I'm going to go into her dressing room in Branson with a whip. <laughs> <laughs> and start thrashing it around the room. Remember this, Marie? She's a sweetheart. She's an absolute icon, and I love her to death. All right, well, I know we don't have tons of time, so I'm going to use the magic radio. I'll break this up. I'll stretch in like a half-hour Rob Halford bonanza with a bunch of tunes in here. So I want to talk about some of the music that turned me on to you guys. Like the first song I ever heard from Judas Priest as a kid, it was probably the video on Headbangers Ball that blew me away because it was so cool. It has skeletons and motorcycles. Turbo Lover. Turbo Lover was the black sheep of the heavy metal family for the longest time, you know. That was such a, well, you know, there'd been this incredible uh, roaring of of metal and and screaming fire and all this kind of stuff. And then we went into the turbo experience in the middle middle 80s, and music was really shifting and changing. And most definitely MTV was in the mix of really – making so many different things uh, start to happen. Um, but we were over in, over in Spain, uh, myself and Glenn and KK at the time, and Glenn was always messing around on these new inventions, new gadgets. So those sounds that you hear from Turbo were quite innovative for, for, for Priest and for music in general. And that song, um, yeah, man, it was on rotation on MTV. You know, when I, whenever I'd be on tour in the States, put MTV in TV on and there was Turbo Lover. And now it's one of the most beloved songs that we play. You know, when we come through to uh, Colorado Springs, everybody's like, Priest, Priest, I want to be a Turbo Lover, Rob. You know, and, and that's the joy of that song. But, uh, yeah, that and that and many others from the MTV era 
uh, did a lot of good for, for priests and did a lot of great things for metal. And then that would lead into, of course, you know, now that I knew who you were, uh, breaking the law. It was already out there before Triple Love, obviously, but then you know, Beavis and Butthead made it super cool again. What was when was the first time you heard Beavis and Butthead love that song? Did did someone tell you? And you're like, who the hell's Beavis and Butthead? Or oh, I was I was glued to MTV because I was already Fortress? living in the states at the time. Yeah, I was in down in Phoenix, and so uh, it was on. You know, MTV as as we were at that on 24-7 you left the television on you know you went to bed you got up and it was still on so um when beavis and budhead came came by and i i heard recently they kind of rebooted that whole thing it was just crazy it was just so it was so stupid but it was so attractive you know it was the, yeah. it was the stupidity of who we are and we loved it but um yeah, yeah regular line regular line you know all that kind of thing um so and, and and I tell you what's cool about that, you're you're then you're then enmeshed in, into culture. You're then enmeshed into the the American music culture and TV culture. So then you fast forward from Beavis and Butthead to Hey, we want Judas Priest to be on The Simpsons, you know. And because of the way that this band has been has been so beloved throughout uh, throughout the nation, throughout the United States. So those are really special moments. And that song is a killer. When that riff fires up, the place, you know, place, everybody loses their minds and, you know, the roof's gone and it's just wonderful. That's, that song has helped keep the lights on at, the key, at Kilo for a long time there, sir. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and who, who hasn't broken the law? And I know everybody <laughs> wants to break the law. So, you know, you'll get that each time you see Priest. All right. Let's see here. Uh, underrated movie, underrated song. You guys covered uh, Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good. I listened to the shit out of that song as a kid. Yeah, and we were over in somewhere in Denmark in the dead of winter at a recording studio next door to a pig farm. And Ozzy came in to check the studio out, and he was wasn't very impressed. But he, Ozzy was very impressed with the pig farm, and um, and so uh, we were there, and we were thinking about other opportunities to to cover, you know, Diamonds and Ross, Spooky Tooth, Better You Better by You Better Than Me, Green Man Alicia with the Two Prong Crown from uh, Fleetwood Mac. So. Who better, you know, the man Chuck Berry, you know. So we we had a we had a lot of fun uh, kicking the tires on that interpretation, and uh, it's a wonderful song. I think the band yeah. did a really cool interpretation of that that great rock and roll classic. And like I said, the movie highly underrated. I probably watch it now. Probably not as good as when I was a kid, but when I was a kid, that was that was the bomb. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and that, that's that's where it all started. You know, I go back to all those roots. I, I, as myself, as, as a kid with rock and roll, my my aunt Pat, who's now in heaven, hello Pat. She gave me a, an old record player when she was uh, when she was moving onto a new record player, and she came around to my house, and I was barely what nine, ten years of age, and she gave me this record player, and I opened it up, and inside were three uh, singles, three forty fives. One was Elvis Presley, one was Bill Haley in the Comets, and one was Little Richard. And the first one that I put on was Little Richard, you know, what is this? Even as a little kid, I could feel the electricity and the power roaring into the room. So my love affair with those greats and Chuck Berry is, is, is really important to me as a musician because that's what kind of kicked the fire and, and got the whole thing going. That's cool. Cool. Uh, one of my favorite albums, I won't mean, go track to track because far too deep, but uh, Painkiller. And then mainly because do you remember the CD looked like a saw blade 
And that yes. player the time yes. that front loaded, so you put that in, you could see it, and slowly, and then <laughs> it was like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, man. <laughs> Who's I? Who you know, the blade yeah. on that uh, that record that record has has become so important to this band. Um, Nineteen ninety one, I think we're talking about, and. Um, what I think we were wanted to do at that point as a band, as priest, was just to really put together a record that was, you know, intense from the first moment to the last. Every track was going like a million miles an hour. We only took a breath with um, Touch of Evil, which I think was important so you could kind of, you know, get a drink or do, some, do, do, a, do your favourite beverage. <laughs> Your favorite beverage or smoke, your favorite whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a really important record for us, and um, it was the start of a new decade in metal. And if you look at rock and roll, the beginning of every decade has some really important things happening. And uh, around that time, of course, you had Priest, you had Pantera, you had Megadeth, you had a ton of Slayer. A lot of bands were dropping albums those first few years of of, of the nineteen nineties. But Painkiller was was a has become uh, an in, an incredibly important song for this band and for metal, and uh, I'm sure we'll be firing it up when we come back out to your part of the world again. Good, good, man. All right, well that brings us to uh, the new stuff. Seven, is this the seventeenth album? Am I right? Uh, Nineteen, nineteenth studio album. Can you believe it, dude? It's insane. Wow, what a- we're so blessed. We're so blessed. What does that do to you? Like nineteen albums, Rob? That's amazing. Yeah, it's just so wow. There are too many things that go through your head. It's like your head goes off like the Fourth of July. But um, what it is, what it is more than ever, it's it's who this band is. We we love making metal. We love making new records. We love um, showing our fans and ourselves what we're what we're still able to do as musicians. And this music is just so um, so beautifully made in, in in the references that we're that we're pushing out. Uh, it's just non-stuff, much like Painkiller, really. You know, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty relentless album, but it just carries and, and captures all of the beautiful things and the elements that you love about this band. It's all all of those ingredients are just really, really throwing throwing in in the in the right you know throwing down in the right direction through uh-huh. every track on Invincible Shield. Well, Panic Attack was the first one we got. We played that. I mean, that's what you would expect from a Judas Priest song. But then tell us more about the uh, the Crown of Horns. It's a little bit. A little different, right? Yeah, it's a little different, but it's still got a lot of textures that I think you, you would listen and go, "Yeah, that's definitely a priest yeah. song." In in the way that we that we created the the instrumentation and the arrangements, I just love the mess. The lo- I love the message. You know, I learned the hard way that what you dream for comes from the pain that you hold inside. It's true. You know, life is a life is a blessing. Life is a gift, but you've really got to work in life to get things that you want. And sometimes even that's difficult, but that, that idea of dream, that idea of persistence uh, and, and finding, uh, in this instance, if it's a relationship, finding that perfect person, whatever that, that, that kind of circumstance might be, or, or, or just in general, you know, um, it's like you're, you're reaching for every star. It's this, it's this feeling that I think all of us have for ourselves and for our family and for our loved ones to get the best out of life that we possibly can. So Crown of Thorns really cuts across a lot of those different references. Yeah, well received. Can't wait to get ears on the rest. How many tracks are going to be on the album, man? We got three. Eleven. Albums. Yeah, 11. 11, 11 tracks. Eleven tracks on um, 
on the record. We start with, uh, he has to look at his phone. He has to look at his phone to, to remember what's on Panic Attack, The Serpent and the King, uh, Invincible Shield, Devil in Disguise, Gates of Hell, Crown of Horns, As God is My Witness, Trial by Fire, Escape from Reality, Sons of Thunder, and Giants in the Sky, which I love. Giants in the Sky is a beautiful reference to um, to our dearly departed friends, uh, Ronnie and, and Lemmy. I was thinking so strongly about those guys. I don't know why that happened. I'm a big believer in spirituality and things creeping into your heart and your life. And 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 using those for for good for good uh, good purposes. So that they're at the core of that song, um, uh, "Giants in the Sky." But it's also about my personal love affair that I've had with rock and roll radio since I came to America in 1976, and I was in New York City and turned the radio on. I'm like, oh my god, rock and roll! We don't have this in England. We have one cheesy radio station. So. It's it's a it's a it's an homage to our fans that are no longer with us, but they're kept alive through the airwaves. Like at Kilo, you're always pushing these great people through the, through the sky. You know, they are these giants in the sky that we get from rock and roll radio. So yeah. it's all of that. So there's eleven tracks, but there are also three bonus tracks on a different edition of the of the CD and the vinyl. Um, so it's a really good display of where Priest is right now in our life. Awesome. Awesome, Rob. Well, hey, they're playing the music. They want me to wrap this thing up. I, I, I can hang out with you all day, though. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you've done for music and, and everything else, man. You're, you're, you're the man. You're the man. You're the metal god. It even says it on your Zoom. <laughs> yeah, just to remind me who I am. <laughs> you know, because sometimes I wake up, I go, who the hell am I? Where am I? What day is this? Um, but it's a pleasure, Ross. Thank you, Kilo. Thank you, everybody. It's been a great chat. I look forward to seeing you guys when we come over and, and, and play you some more metal soon. Oh, I love you, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Ross. All the best, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye, bud.